There's a lost soul who's tired of the sinning. You are listening to the Daily Doctrine Devotional. This is a daily podcast designed to teach and preach Bible doctrine each weekday throughout the year. This is Evangelist Tim McVeigh asking you to please let others know about this podcast so that they can subscribe or tune in each weekday. At the end of the podcast, we will provide you with subscription information as well as contact information for our ministry. Thank you for listening, and we pray that the Lord will help each of us as we study and preach the Word of God. And the saints all with gladness are singing the glorious song of the redeemed, song of the redeemed. Thank you once again for tuning to the podcast. This is our Friday edition of the podcast. We've made it through the week. Thankful for those of you that listened to each of the podcasts this week. And we're going to be back in Job 15 with the Lord's help today. Listen to the response of Eliphaz, the Temanite. But before we do that, let me just say this. I'm thankful for the Lord for giving us this podcast. We've had folks reach out to us again this week. What God is doing is God is stirring in the minds of people. And I remember a dear friend of mine years ago, and he said what he does, he frees the bonds off of people, that they can believe the word of God. He takes those man-made bonds that man put on them, and he frees them so they can actually believe what God is saying. And it's a marvel when you see the word of God in light of that, when you have those man-made restrictions removed and all the rules of man removed, that you can't believe this, and this cannot be this person, this cannot be. And once they're removed, it's amazing what you can see. And I know there's a lot of contention over things today, and it's amazing how people will contend with a certain doctrine, and especially concerning the soul of Jesus Christ, the body of Jesus Christ, the blood of Jesus Christ, even the spirit of Jesus Christ. I had much contention over the tears of Jesus Christ, yet they won't contend with others. They won't contend with doctrines that really probably are equally important, but those things about the Son of God, they'll contend with the Son of God, and that's what Eliphaz is going to talk about. He's going to talk about that one that contends with the Son of God. It is his spirit that is in the world today. We know that according to the Word of God, and so as we go into the rest of Job 15, it's with that understanding, and the things I want to look at today with the Lord's help, he speaks of that man. He speaks of uh, the man is not clean. He is not going to be clean. But then he begins to say on this wise in verse 20, the wicked man travaileth with pain all his days and the number of years is hidden to the oppressor. Now, Job spoke of the wicked man and he spoke with him singularly. Four times the wicked man is mentioned in scripture. The other three times it is distinctly a person that is mentioned previous to the wicked man. But here, Eliphaz is beginning a new statement, and he describes someone as the wicked man. And that is a unique description. I believe what the Apostle Paul is referencing when he says that wicked shall be revealed. That's a capital W. It is a title that is given to this man. He is not called the Antichrist in Scripture, and that's not me just grasping at straws. It's just the reality. He is called the man of sin. He is called the son of perdition. He is called that wicked, but he's not called the Antichrist. Now, his spirit is in the world today as the spirit of Antichrist, but everything that withstands Jesus Christ is Antichrist. That's according to the scriptures. That's according to the word of God. The wicked man, and it's describing here now a singular person, a distinct person, I believe, and he's called the wicked man. Job 20 and verse 29, he says this, 
This is the portion of a wicked man from God and the heritage appointed unto him by God. What is that? Verse 27, the heavens shall reveal his iniquity and the earth shall rise up against him. The increase of his house shall depart and his goods shall flow away in the day of his wrath. Who's that? The wrath of almighty God. And he is going to pour out his wrath on the man of sin. And then he says, this is the portion of a wicked man from God, not the wicked man, but a wicked man from God and the heritage appointed unto him by God. Now, Job 27, 13, Job is speaking here, but he gives a little bit more strength to that when he said, this is the portion of a wicked man with God and the heritage of oppressors, which they shall receive of the Almighty. And so again, we see his heritage is mentioned. We see his posterity is mentioned. And we see that the oppressor is mentioned. And the reason I say that is because if you look in Psalm 109, and it is that great passage, which we have already preached this on the podcast, he said in verse 5 of Psalm 109, and they have rewarded me evil for good and hatred for my love. Set thou a wicked man over him and let Satan stand at his right hand. When he shall be judged, let him be condemned and let his prayer become sin. And here's where we kind of coincide with Job because he talks about his days. He talks about his wealth being fleeting, his life being fleeting. It's going to be cut off. It's going to be taken from him. Let his days be few and let another take his office. Now, that is the bishopric that belonged to Judas. And that's why they had to elect, draw straws, if you will, appoint another man by faith, which was Matthias. And we thank God for Matthias. And my wife and I really thank God for Matthias. Let his children be fatherless and his wife a widow. Let his children be continually vagabonds and beg. Let them seek their bread also out of their desolate places. Let the extortioner cash all that he hath and let the stranger spoil his labor. Let there be none to extend mercy unto him. Neither let there be any to favor his fatherless children. Let his posterity be cut off, and in the generation following, let their name be blotted out. Let the iniquity of his fathers be remembered with the Lord, and let not the sin of his mother be blotted out. And so again, and we know Psalm 109 is Judas Iscariot, but we see Job now is just running a parallel with that. Job is running right along with that. He's speaking of a wicked man. He's speaking of a wicked man who has riches, a wicked man who is covetous, a wicked man who's going to be cut off, and a wicked man whose posterity is going to be taken off of this earth. And then he says in verse 30, in verse 21, rather, a dreadful sound is in his ears. In prosperity, the destroyer shall come unto him. And so in his wealth, in his riches, the destroyer is going to come unto him. He's going to lose everything that he has. We know in Ezekiel 28, that man of sin, we know that that prince of Tyrus has great riches. That's why he's cursed God. That's why he's mocked God. That's why he's turned away from God, because his riches, the pride has lifted him up. And verse 22, he believeth not that he shall return out of darkness, and he is waited for of the sword. There is his destruction. And when he returns, the sword will wait for him. What is the sword? It's the sword of the word of God, Jesus Christ. And so Job is speaking here, I believe, of that man of sin. And now I realize there's some that may not see that. There's some that would say, well, McVeigh's grasping at straws with this. Well, let me say this. I don't know who else he'd be speaking of. And when you see this in light of Scripture, let those man-made restraints be taken from you. Let those man-made bonds be cast off and realize he's talking about the son of perdition. And he goes on and he says in this wise, he believeth not that he should return out of darkness, waiteth for the sword. He wandereth abroad for bread, saying, where is it? 
Again, so is his posterity. They're going to be begging for bread, and there's going to be no man to give to them. That's a promise of God. That's what God said would take place. That's the wrath of God. That is judgment from God. He knoweth that the day of darkness is ready at his hand. Trouble and anguish shall make him afraid. Why is there trouble and anguish? Well, his days are numbered. We saw that. His days are short. They shall prevail against him as a king ready to the battle. For he stretcheth out his hand against God and strengthened himself against the Almighty. Now, first mention, first glance, you know, 15 years ago, when I'd read Job, I'd see Eliphaz just withstanding. He's just talking. He's just kind of giving a little soliloquy here. And he's going against Job possibly. But then when you realize he is speaking, and he's speaking contradictory to Job. And we see that several places in Scripture. Job is prophesying of Jesus Christ. His friends come, and they prophesy of that man of sin. They prophesy of that son of perdition. They prophesy of that wicked. And we'll see that in Scripture. It's contradictory to Job. And can I say to you, my friend, if you can understand or grasp this, if you'll take time to look at this, it'll change how you see Job. It'll change how you see the entire book of Job because you'll understand it's greater than just the destruction of Job. It's greater than just, that's why it's the patience of Job. He is being withstood on a spiritual level. It's not just his friends don't understand him, and that's so many people today, you know, especially these whiny uh, babies that call themselves Christians and, oh, nobody understands me, nobody wants to hear me. You know, Job isn't that man. That's not Job. That's not any saint of God that's spirit-filled. And yet his friends are withstanding him. And why are they withstanding him? Because it's a spiritual battle. This is warfare. God has delivered Job over to Satan, and Satan has taken all that he hath, and he's destroyed his flesh, but he hasn't taken his life. That's what God instructed him. And Job is in agony. Job is suffering, yet in the fellowship of that suffering, he sees Jesus Christ, and he prophesies of Jesus Christ. And so when his friends withstand him, they're prophesying, don't realize probably they're prophesying, but they're withstanding him, and they're speaking about that wicked man. This is not Job they're speaking of. They're speaking about that one that is to come. And we'll look at more scriptures about this, and we'll just go on through this. For he stretches out his hand against God. What a terrible thing to do. And that's that's the one of the proofs right there. He says, strengthen himself against the Almighty. What man in this world can strengthen himself against the Almighty? And I don't think that's a far cry to make that statement. Did Adolf Hitler strengthen himself against the Almighty? No, he had no strength. God could have just snuffed his life out. But see, God's going to deal with this man of sin according to Scripture. And there is going to be a time, it is going to be his time on earth, and he will have that time, and Antichrist will rule. And so that Antichrist spirit that's in the world today will be in the world because it'll be most prevalent in the world because he will be ruling, he will be reigning, he will rule the whole world. We understand that according to Scripture. And so all power is going to give, be given to him on earth, for he stretched out his hand against God. And again, he strengtheneth, that's ongoing, himself against the Almighty. He runneth upon him, even on his neck, upon the thick bosses of his bucklers, because he covereth his face with his fatness, and maketh collops of fat on his flanks. He is going to be a fat man. We know that according to Scripture, there's collops of fat, the fatness of his face. And he's going to come. And he dwelleth in desolate cities. And there's another key word there. That is what we've read in Psalm 109. And that desolation. 
And when you see desolation in Scripture, you see abandonment in Scripture, you see that normally in prophecy as that man of sin. He is going to make everything desolate. He himself dwells in desolation. He himself dwells in absolute desolation because why? He's withstood God. He stood against God and his hand has been against God. His hand has always been against God. And then he goes on and says, which no man inhabiteth, that's the houses, the cities, and that he's in, which are ready to become heaps. Why? Because God is going to destroy them as he destroys him. He shall not be rich, neither shall his substance continue, neither shall he prolong the perfection thereof upon the earth. So he's short-lived. These things are spoken of. Revelation is parallels his reign in Revelation. Everything it says here. Yes, he comes to power. Yes, he has strength. Yes, he has power that's given to him. But all these things come to naught in light of Jesus Christ. He shall not depart out of darkness. The flame shall dry up his branches, and by the breath of his mouth, shall he go away. Let not him that is deceived trust in vanity. Who are those that deceive? Those that would not receive the love of the truth. They're all going to be deceived. God is going to send them strong delusions. Why is God going to send them strong delusions? Well, so that they can believe a lie. And so they're going to trust in vanity because they're trusting in him. And he said, for vanity shall be his recompense. He's going to have riches. He's going to have fame. He's going to be the ruler. But it's vanity. It's so short-lived. So it is with most wicked in this world today. It's just short-lived. Oh, they're high on the hog. They're living high. You know, you look at these old rock and rollers who sowed discord and destroyed our youth and destroyed the minds of our youth and promoted wickedness, and their minds are fried. They receive the recompense in their area. And I realize one of the great things they write about, and I understand, I was in the wrestling business, which is even worse than rock and roll. Many, many years ago, I was in wrestling. And so many men that I wrestled with are dead today. So many of those rock and rollers are dead today because of the abuses. But yet there are some that live in the misery of their lives. There's some that have long lives and are living miserable. And the depredation is their minds and the booze and the drugs and the LSD. They fried their brains and they just sit there in misery. And yet their life is also going to end. Their life is going to be finished. This man of sin is going to live in that vanity. He is going to live as a pop star, if you will, far greater than that. But it's all vanity. And so he warns the, the man, or he warns us, if you will, to let's not be deceived and trust in vanity. Come into the knowledge of the truth. Acknowledge the truth of Jesus Christ before it's too late. One of the things they'll deny one of the things that men will deny is this very doctrine, this very passage of Scripture. Yet they can't explain it. They'll just say, well, that's just Job. That's his rebuke of Job. They can't explain what the Scripture is saying. It's like the soul of Jesus Christ. There are people that used to listen to this podcast that will not listen now because of the soul of Jesus Christ, that he was made an offering for sin. And they'll decry it as heresy. And they'll jump on a bandwagon with all the people. They'll, they'll test the wind to see what's popular. And they find out, oh, it's popular to preach against that. And so they stand with those that, uh, that preach against it. And they'll say, well, that's heresy. But they themselves can't explain Isaiah 53. They gloss over or skip the end of Isaiah 53. They cannot tell you about the offering of his soul. And it's not because I have some little nugget that nobody else knows. Just believe God, what the word of God says. And they would deny this scripture because it's too far out. It's too far gone for them. But they would deny it because the, the truth of the word of God is evidence there because they will not receive the love of the truth. That Jesus Christ loved them enough to bring them the truth and they will not receive it. 
He shall shake off his unripe grapes as the vine, and shall cast off his flower as the olive. For the congregation of hypocrites shall be desolate, and fire shall consume the tabernacles of bribery. They conceive mischief, and bring forth vanity, and their belly prepareth deceit. And then Job responds with the greatest statement he's made the word of God to this date. In Job 16 and 1, Job answered and said, I have heard many such things. Miserable comforters are ye all. Shall vain words have it in? Yet his words were not totally vanity. He was notwithstanding Job. He thought he was. He was notwithstanding Job. He was telling that one that withstands Jesus Christ. So again, we see it here. Job prophesies. His friends prophesy against it. He, Job prophesies. His friends now are speaking about this man of sin. And yet Job is telling us of Jesus Christ. That's no coincidence. That's, God just doesn't let this coincidence slide through the word of God. He's made it very clear. And if you're willing to see it, it's there. But what we see now is that we go into the book of Job. Now, Job is going to strengthen his argument for Jesus Christ. And Job 16 is that great chapter on the soul of Jesus Christ and the offering of his soul. Just as important as the blood of Jesus Christ is the soul of Jesus Christ. Just as important as the blood of Jesus Christ is the offering of his body. That sacrifice is just as important. And yet, because MacArthur spoke out against the blood, and he did speak out against the blood, so it's no more valuable than the blood of bulls and goats, and, and he did speak out against those things, yet... Uh, there's a great movement amongst the Baptists some 35, 40 years ago to decry the blood and to speak out for the blood and to shout from the rooftops about the blood. But somewhere they left behind the body of Jesus Christ. They left behind the soul of Jesus Christ. And Joe brings that to the forefront in chapter 16. So as we go into next week, Lord willing, we'll be in Job 16. Have a great weekend. Be at the house of God. Serve the Lord with gladness. Enter his gates with thanksgiving. Have a great weekend. There's a lost soul who's tired of the sinning, and he longs to return to the Lord, as he cries for forgiveness and mercy. God is waiting. You have been listening to the Daily Doctrine Podcast with Evangelist Tim McVeigh. For correspondence, please contact us through our website and someevangelist.com and use the contact form to connect with us. You may also subscribe to the podcast through our website or search for Daily Doctrine Evangelist Tim McVeigh on iTunes, Google Podcasts, Spotify, Audible, or Amazon. To write to us, please use our church address, which is Manasseh Community Baptist Church, 70 Back Hollow Road, Blaine, Pennsylvania. 17006. Thank you for listening, and we pray that the Lord will help each of us as we study and preach the Word of God. Don't forget to subscribe and tune in tomorrow. And remember to look up for your redemption draweth nigh. Now the angels of God are rejoicing for the prodigal child has come home, and the saints all with gladness are singing.